Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Well, let me jump right in. Last week was the first Sunday of two Serve Sundays, and we have been taking two weeks to talk about one of our core values, and that one is serve. And I hope that, uh, you know, we can find our purpose and our place in the body of Christ. Last week we looked at the parable of the talents, and I shared with you four things that we can learn from that parable. And we also were reminded uh, that we have three core values here at Life Church. And uh, I'll just quickly recap them again for you. Gather. We gather on weekends to worship together in church, to hear the word of the Lord, to fellowship, and to minister to each other and to our community. Uh, our second core value is connect. We connect and we grow with other believers in small groups that meet throughout the year. And we call them life groups. We just finished the spring semester a few weeks ago, and we're getting ready uh, for our summer semester that's coming up. And then we have our third core value, the one that we talked about last week, and I want to talk to you again about today, and that is the value of serve. Serving is that essential part of a real relationship with God because it takes what happens in a crowd when we gather here on a Sunday and when we're in a group connecting with each other through the week. And it empowers us to make a difference, to find and by finding our purpose and using it for the glory of God. So let's jump into our Bible text this morning. It's the same verse I read last week, but it's Matthew chapter 20 and verse 27 and 28. And it says, whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. I want to preach this morning on this subject. My part in God's purpose. My part in God's purpose. Amen. Now, when we talk about serving others, it may at times seem like it's all about others, right? Or maybe the organization that we're serving. But there's also something that is very deeply moving about giving ourselves away for the good of others. Because when we give our time and when we give our talent in a way to encourage others and build their faith or, or those who are searching for faith or even just to assist somebody in, in a season of life that they're in, we begin to activate the servant heart of Jesus in our lives. And we really begin to truly become disciples. See, when you serve others, you add value to them. When you serve others, you potentially change a life, even in the smallest of ways, like a cool glass of lemonade on a hot summer day. And by the way, get your lemonade made. The summer days are coming. This week, tomorrow 90, Tuesday 95, get ready, amen. Just like a cool glass of lemonade, on a it brings refreshment on a hot day. Serving others can bring refreshment to people's lives. There is no right or wrong way no big or small way, no important or unimportant way, no big I, no little you in serving others. If the desire of your heart is to be helpful, to be useful, to be Christ-like, then serving 
pleases God and it makes a difference. Hear me, it doesn't matter whether you're passionate about opening doors with a friendly smile or whether your passion is playing the guitar with excellence because God doesn't rank the love in your heart for others by what you do. Amen? But rather more so how you do it. Instead, he multiplies whatever you do for the advancement of his kingdom. And the big idea is that we all work together in a united effort to advance the purpose of God. Therefore, it's critically important that I find my part in God's purpose. So you can serve in an organized ministry in this church, or, or you can do something totally different, representing the church or the body of Christ in the community. Because hear me, sometimes the church doesn't need to own it, you do. Amen. Just let me give you a real life example. I remember uh, a few years back, several years ago actually, when Dana Cobb, who her and her husband lead up our growth track, she came to me about an idea for ministry that she wanted to start called a mother's keeper. It was a ministry to mothers who had babies in NICU, uh, the neonatal uh, ICU. Uh, it was a way to minister to their physical needs, their emotional needs uh, that the moms had, that their families had during what is really a very critical time in the lives of families. And what was interesting was that ministry was birthed out of her own experience with having a premature birth and it grew. And this ministry grew and impacted hundreds, if not thousands, of families. Our church came alongside her and we assisted, you know, along the way. Some in our church volunteered. And Dana led this ministry for about four or five years. It wasn't a life church ministry, but it was a ministry that represented the kingdom of God well before she finally felt led of the Lord to hand it off to someone else. And now, she serves with the Ronald McDonald House and is touching countless lives right here in our city every day. You see, sometimes your part in God's purpose doesn't always fit into the boat that we know as the local church. Amen? See, because no church should try to do every possible ministry. And God doesn't call every church to do every individual thing. It's not wise and it's not even practical. I remember... When I first started pastoring many years ago, there were a list of ministries that we felt like every good church had to have. And there were times when we tried to start a ministry, and we didn't have the right people to try to lead it. I mean, we would like practically bed, you know, get some old lady to lead a young adults group. You know. <laughs> Sister Sonia, well, I guess I will, pastor, you know. And that didn't work very well, right? What we learned is that if God wants a church to do something, God will send the right people with a burden to help get it done. Amen. So I learned that lesson, and it was very liberating. Thank you, Jesus. Not just for me, but for the poor people that were being voluntold instead of volunteering. Amen. <laughs> Thank God for people with a good servant's heart, right? Amen. But sometimes you've got to understand that God wants you to do something and it may not fit into the box. But equally so, I want to remind you that, <coughs> that the church, we want to teach you and encourage you and equip you to not only grow in your faith, but to take what you have and use it at work and at school and in the community to bless other people. Amen. Now, you also, let me throw this out, you don't have to go outside the walls of the church to serve. You can make a difference right here. And we're going to
going to talk more about that later with our dream teams. You can serve. There's all kinds of ways to get involved in serving. And don't ever think that there is no need for more people to serve just because it seems like everything is working well. I'll just give you a real life example that just happened, right? I looked over and I saw Rodney standing behind a camera at the beginning of the 11 o'clock service. And I said, well, what happened? Why are you running the camera right now? I said, what happened to the guy who was running in the first service? He's like, well, we were shorthanded here, so he had to be moved to another position. And because somebody else had to be moved to another position. It was literally like a domino effect of about four or five people that had to shift places. And guess what? My boy RP standing there behind the camera. Amen. So a lot of times the reason things look like they're going well is because some people are working their fingers to the bone. Amen. And you know what I learned? What do you get when you work your fingers to the bone? Bony fingers. So we always are in need of people to help serve. Now, I shared last week how in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, it says that we were all designed for works of service and the works of the ministry in order to see God's kingdom advance. So the question is, how do I find my part? How do I connect to what I'm designed to do in God's purpose and God's plan for my generation? Now, I'm going to give you a few questions today, first of all, that you can ask yourself that I hope will inspire you today to consider your next steps. And then I'm going to give you, right before we close, a few just quick ways that you can actually begin to invest your talents in the kingdom. So here's some questions that you need to ask when you're trying to figure out what it is that God wants you to do. Here's the first question. Are you ready? Number one, what taps into my passion? What taps into your passion? See, in order to live a greater and a more meaningful life, it is necessary to tap into a passion that compels you <coughs> to serve other people. Passion makes all the difference. Passion is the creative force behind all great art, all great music, all great architecture, even great churches or sports teams. Everybody say it's passion. Come on, passion is so often what inspires greatness. Show me a church where the leaders and the members lack passion, and guess what? I will show you a dead, dying church. Amen. Show me a children's ministry with no passion, and I will show you a team where all they can see are the challenges and not the opportunities. You know what I loved about when Daniel was standing up here today? He was excited to tell you we are getting ready to start four new classes. And you know what that started from? From, need, from a need. Now, some people can just focus on the challenge, but some people see an opportunity, amen, for growth. Show me a sports team without passion, and you will see multiple seasons of mediocrity. As a Dallas Cowboy fan, 8 and 8, 8 and 8, 7 and 9. 9 and 7, 8 and 8. Now, last year they won 12 games, but guess what? They still lost in the playoffs. It's frustrating, isn't it? When you follow a team that just seems to be mediocre because passion inspires people. Amen. Nothing great is ever accomplished without passion. Nothing great is ever sustained without passion. Passion is what drives scientists to find new cures for diseases. Here comes my cough drop, man. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Amen. Passion is what drives explorers to go to un discovered lands. Passion is what motivates ordinary people to do extraordinary things. It's passion. It all happens with passion. Passion turns the impossible to possible. God made you and 
die and live a passionate life. God wants you to live life and to live it more abundantly, vibrant, with energy, with enthusiasm. 1 John 10 and chapter, chapter 10 and verse 10 from the NIV says it this way. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that they might have life, and I love this, and have it to the full. Life and have it to the full. Some people are already dead, but their bodies haven't died yet. <laughs> Some people have been dead for years. They're just not in the ground yet. Amen. I don't want to live my life that way. Come on, can I get a little help in this house today? Amen. Christ called us to live a life to the full. Life, Jesus says, full, fulfilling life. And if that's true, you and I need to find out what taps into your passion, what inspires you, what wakes you up in the morning, what gives you the vibe. My watch just told me I'm in a loud environment. I'm shouting too loud into my, my Apple watch. <laughs> Hey, I got passion, folks. Amen. I got passion. Amen. Nobody wants to hear a dead, dry, boring guy who doesn't believe what he's talking about, right? <laughs> Amen. When I first became a believer as a teenager, I immediately had a passion to try and help other teenagers avoid some of the mess that I got myself into as a teenager. Many of you have heard my story, my testimony. That was where my passion was. And so you know what happened? I began volunteering with our youth ministry at the age of 16, and my passion for ministry grew from there. Now, I often wonder, and if you want to know, man, tell us about that great youth ministry. I'll tell you about my youth ministry. It was me and Rodney and the pastor's daughter. That was us. I see now why they took a chance on me, amen. There wasn't but so many lives that I could mess up. <laughs> amen. But you know what happened? I wonder how different my life would have turned out had I not tapped into my God-given passion. Amen? I also wonder how my life would have turned out if the pastors in my church would have said, you are too young to help other people. By the way, can I just tell you, we need to turn the middle schoolers and the high schoolers loose in Jesus' name. Amen? I wonder what would have happened if my pastor would have said, well, you don't know enough Bible to teach other young people because guess what? I didn't know a lick of Bible. I didn't, amen. I didn't know it. Thank God, though, somebody helped connect my passion to a God purpose. Maybe your heart is all about kids or teens. Maybe you love technology. Let me just throw in a plug for the media ministry. We desperately need some help in the media booth. I just gave you a real-life example how, how we were shuffling the cards today to make it happen. We want to do more with our cameras and more with our live stream and more with our sound and more with our lighting. But you know what? We just need more people to use their God-given purpose. Maybe you love making people feel welcomed or loved. Maybe you love visiting the sick or helping those in need. What's your burden? What's your passion? What brings you joy? See, because God put that in you. Not just for you alone. But in a great part to serve others. Don't miss that. God put it in you. Not just for you to serve yourself, but to serve others. How can you use that for the purpose of God? So first of all, what is your passion? Secondly, here's another question to ask to help find your purpose. What will use your gifts? 
we use your gifts. God gives all Christians gifts, and I don't have to read all these scriptures. You can jot them down. Romans 12, 3 through 8. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 31. 1 Peter 4 and verse 10. It is pretty amazing to realize that the creator of the universe, God with a capital G, he designed each and every one of us to be in partnership with him in serving his purpose by loving and serving others. See, God doesn't have to have me to do his work, but he chooses to use me to do his work. He chooses me. And when we serve others, he, we are unleashing the spiritual gifts and the God-designed passions within us. What are your gifts and how do you use them to partner in the purpose and the plan of God? See, some of you are gifted with administration. God can use that. Some of you have the gift of hospitality. God can use that. Some of you have the gift of gab. Amen. God can use that. Some of you have the gift of a warm smile and a great personality. God can use that. Some of you are gifted with mechanical skills and working with your hands. Well, I forgot to mention it in the first service, but we're starting a brand new ministry called Helping Hands. Amen. We need painters and electricians and carpenters and handymen and women and people who can do landscape. Not just for projects around the church. You know what we want to do? We want to start helping people in, in our community that have needs. People in our church. Amen. We want to start helping. Because how many of you know it costs a lot of money to get a qualified person sometime to come out and fix stuff? Amen. And that's all right. They got to eat too. I have no problem with that. But sometimes we just got to help each other out. You can use your gifts to serve other people. So one, what taps into your passion? Two, what will use your gifts? And here's another question to ask. What helps move the kingdom of God forward? Amen. See, that's another important factor here. How does your serving connect to the big picture? What serves people well? What advances the agenda of Jesus? See, as you begin to connect your passions and your gifts and your purpose together, you can start to see how to serve people well, and it will advance the kingdom and help move the body of Christ forward. Can I just be transparent? I'm always confused when I hear people say they love Jesus, but they're against organized religion. You don't always want to ask them, I guess unorganized religion is better. (laughs) Can I just tell you, I've been a part of unorganized religion, and it's not all that great, amen. (laughs) It's not all that great, amen. Have you ever seen an unorganized sports team? Have you ever seen an unorganized, have you ever worked in an unorganized office, amen? See, there's power that comes when we come together with unity and purpose to move the kingdom forward. But here's what I know about moving the kingdom forward. Frederick Buckner said this, and I love this quote. He said, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Your gladness and the world's hunger. There's a place for those to connect and come together, and that's called ministry. Your gladness, what inspires you, the world's hunger, what they need, they connect. It takes both. Your genuine passion plus another person's deep need is the heart of life-changing ministry. Here's my last question about finding your part in God's purpose. Does it lift up the name of Jesus? Let me talk specifically to the body of Christ right now, right? John chapter 10 verse 34 and 35 says this. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 
See, we are to take the love that Jesus has for us and share it with each other, especially to those who do not yet know him or do not follow him to the fullest. We love by serving, and by serving, we lift up the name of Jesus when we do it in his name. Jesus modeled that all the way to the cross. Now, let me be clear. There are many, and this is what I want to talk about here in this point. There are many things that you can do in the community that are worthwhile ways to serve. Many, many things. But I want to remind us that only the body of Christ and Christians will do things that have the chance to lift up the name of Jesus while we are serving. Amen. Don't miss this. Amen. There's a lot of great things you can be a part of that, guess what? Atheists are doing them as well. People in the community are doing them. I, I, not a thing wrong with it. Not a thing in the world wrong with it. But and, and please, by all means, serve where you feel led to serve. But don't forget, there are some things that only the church and the body of Christ can do. That, and the purpose is to not only meet needs, but to lift up the name of Jesus. We are called upon to do that. Because when we do that, people are drawn to him. People recognize by our love one for another. Amen. So don't forget, while you're picking up trash on the side of the road or you're volunteering uh, uh, at, a, at a shelter or you're doing any of these things, there's a lot of things that people in the community can do. But there's some things that only we can do that lifts up the name of Jesus. Amen. Because hear me, if the church doesn't lift up the name of Jesus, who will lift up the name of Jesus? Amen. So last week in the parable of the talents, I gave you four principles we could learn from the story. If you didn't, if you weren't here, you missed that sermon. Here's what they were: Number one, what we have is not ours. Number two, he gives us only what we can handle. Number three, we must invest what we've been given. And number four, we will be held accountable. So the question now is: How do I invest my talents, my gifts, my passion? In order to find my part in God's purpose, let me just quickly give you some answers from Romans chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So what's the first thing I can actually do to invest my talent? Number one, here it is. It's from verse one. Offer yourself. Offer yourself. The Bible says offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, first of all, most of you, you wouldn't be here unless you'd already done that, right? You love Jesus. At some point, you said, Jesus Christ, I want to serve you. I offer myself. I dedicate myself to you. I don't understand everything, but I dedicate myself to you to do what you want me to do, to be what you want me to be. But here's what I know. You've got to present yourself over and over again. It's not enough just to one day at an altar to pray a prayer or to dedicate your life or to get baptized. It's not enough to just have this one time off. You have to offer yourself over and over and over again. Amen? Many of us, we're not serving because we've stopped or many never really fully dedicated themselves to the king or to the kingdom. So you've got to offer yourself. Amen. You've got to offer yourself. 
Here's another thing that we do to tap into our talents and to serve God. It is found in verse 2. It's the second point. Romans 12 and verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So here's your second point. We've got to stop following the world's pattern. Oh, can I get a good amen from the people of God? Amen. Come on, this is a step that many of us need to take right now. The many reason many people are not serving or not involved in ministry or not, not helping uh, lift other people's lives is because your life is filled up with the world's pattern of thinking. Everything else but ministry. Everything else but Jesus. See, in the act of offering ourselves, verse 1, comes after that, verse 2, the act of consecration. You offer yourself, and then you begin to consecrate to the Lord. Do not conform to the world, but be transformed, right? Conf not conforming and transforming is consecration. See, the world is me first. The kingdom is others first. The world is, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> the kingdom is, how can I serve you? The world is, I'm going to put myself first. And if there's time left over for others, great. The kingdom is, I'm going to put God and his people first, and he will take care of my needs. Amen? Can I, can I tell you something kind of, kind of interesting? We are so blessed in this land that sometimes our affluence and our blessings are sabotaging our purpose. They are. Do you know that blessing... Gives opportunities. Blessing affords choices and privileges that we may not have always had. What do I mean by that? Now we're, we're so blessed we can afford to go travel. Five dollar a gallon of gasoline, man, that's okay. I'm still going to take my trip, right? You know, we're blessed. We can take weekend getaways. We can, we can go here. We can do there. We can do this thing. See, and we're afforded opportunities and our affluence is giving us a potential to sometimes seek me first. We don't even realize it, but we do. Amen? And then, and so much of, and it's the world's pattern of thinking, right? It's the world's pattern. Let me give you another just practical example. I remember when I was growing up, and I'm not picking on anybody here today, but when I was growing up, I remember, uh, you know, and I love sports. By the way, if you hang around here long enough, you'll know I love sports, particularly football. But I remember growing up, Wednesday nights, no Little Leagues ever had practice because that was church night. Sundays, no Little League teams ever played sports. You know why? That was church day. Anybody else remember that? I'm not just speaking in a tunnel right now, right? And guess what? Now, we've got travel ball. we got all kinds of leagues. I mean, you name it. I didn't even know they had so many all-star leagues and so many levels. I mean, I thought that the, the baseball, I mean, having three levels, minor leagues and triple A, and, and then the, I thought, wow, that's a lot. You can, you can spend all of your time playing sports now, going to cheering tournaments, going to track meets, playing all-star, I mean, traveling all around the country. See what I'm talking about? Our affluence is creating opportunities that sometimes can conflict with being involved in the kingdom of God. And let me go back to the point I made earlier. If we're not doing the things that will lift up the name of Jesus, who is going to do them? 
So I'm not, I'm not saying those things are bad, but folks, we have to realize you can't keep adding and adding and adding without having to take something out or understanding that something might suffer the consequences. So if you're serious about serving God, you're going to have to cut some competing or distracting things out of your life and make room for the kingdom. See, that's not a real popular message today, is it? It's not. But we've got to carve out time for God's kingdom. Amen. So how do I invest my talents? Number one, I offer myself. Number two, I don't follow the world's pattern. And here's number three. You've got to evaluate yourself honestly. Check this out from the Bible. This is pretty cool. Romans 12 and 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Don't look at your neighbor and read that verse to them. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment. I love this verse from the New Living Translation. Look at it. It says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. <laughs> Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Man, there's some good practical advice in the Bible, isn't it? The Word says be honest in evaluating yourself. Every one of us are a great mixture of some strengths and weaknesses. Now, some of you, you've been needing somebody to come along your life and tell you you do have some weaknesses. Your wife's been trying to tell you for years, but you really do have a few weaknesses. Amen. And see, some of you, there's some things you're really good at. But there's also some things we're not really good at. I love the band. And I wish I could play the piano. But if I got up here, and now I can play. I've got this one song I'm awesome at, Three Blind Mice. I can crush Three Blind Mice, amen. But if for the next six weeks I got up here and led us in Three Blind Mice, guess what? The chairs would begin to thin out pretty quick. You know what? I'm not good at that. It's not what I'm good at. I've got to honestly evaluate. That is never going to be my gift. Thank God for Joel Brown. Amen? Thank God for Jordan Pavey. Thank God for everybody that plays instruments. But you know what you have to do? Humility is not denying your strengths. Humility is just being honest about your weaknesses. So the Bible says evaluate yourself. Honestly evaluate yourself. It's okay to say I'm good with my hands. Why? God made you that way. Some of you are good with words. Some of you are good with people. Some of you are lousy with people. Please don't sign up for guest services. Amen. <laughs> Some of you are good with projects or administration. Some of you are good with kids. Some of you are not. Some of you are good with little kids. But man, you're going to lose your mind if you're with the teenagers, right? We've got to be honest. Because God makes us differently. And the beauty of it, he makes all of us different for the purpose of fitting us together as the body of Christ. Amen. What if everybody in this church was great with teenagers? Guess what? We might have a great youth ministry, but a terrible children's ministry. And without a good youth children's ministry, you're never going to have a strong youth ministry. So God puts all of us together. Be honest about what you're good at and what you're not good at. And that's the key to finding and fulfilling your purpose. Amen. I want you, I want the praise team to come on up as I share my last point. In order to invest your talents, Romans 12, 4 and 5, you also need to join with other believers. Everybody say other believers. Here's what the scripture says. 
For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. you got to join with other believers. Belonging to other believers leads me to our concept here of dream teams. It's our ministry teams. Our dream teams are simply our ministry teams that we encourage every Life Church member to be a part of. Most of them minister in our church. Some of them minister outside of the church. But the Bible says that though we are many, we form one body. You can't do ministry all by yourself. Amen? See, there's things that we can do as a church together that we can't do apart. Let me give you a perfect example. For years, we've wanted to offer a 9 a.m. service for many years. Because we wanted to give people more options for attending church at a time that gives their family the most flexibility. And on any given Sunday on not, Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, there will be this many people or, or a little bit less, sometimes a little more, on Sunday morning that are here at 9 a.m. And it works great for the families that choose to do that. But in order to do that, you know what we had to do? We had to have more dream teamers sign up for children's ministry teams, for guest services teams, for media teams. We had to ask the band and praise team to come and to play both services and, and to come on Thursday nights and practice. They come early. They're the first ones here. They're the last ones to leave every single Sunday. Matter of fact, why don't we give them a little love? Amen. And you know what? We wanted to do it. And thank the Lord. Guess what? All of our people stepped up. And we're doing it now in Jesus' name. And you know what else excites me? We did it during all of the COVID chaos to boot. Other churches were closed. Guess what we were doing? We were adding extra services. Amen. Come on. To God be the glory for that. The mission of the church, the body, can actually be slowed down or held up when we're not willing to join with other believers. Amen. And joining with other believers is different than just observing other believers. Now, there's brochures in your seats. There's brochures in the back tables that give a bullet point overview of some of the ministries that you can be involved in as a member of Life Church. And you know what? There might be a ministry that you're looking for, and you might say, man, this church isn't doing that. Well, guess what? Hello, this is not an IQ test. Amen. Maybe God wants you to give birth to that ministry. Oh, I'm so nervous. I don't know if I can do it by myself. You won't have to do it by yourself. Because if God put it in your heart, he put it in some other people's hearts too. Amen. God wants to advance his kingdom. And he does it with my hands and with your feet. He does it with my arms and with your legs. He does it when we all come together and use our gifts for his body. Did you guys enjoy this young lady crushing it today? You know what? I'm just going to brag on Life Church because I love Life Church. I give my, aren't you glad that you're at a church that gives a young lady like this an opportunity to stand up here and do what she did? So here's what I'd like you to do. Stand with me if you can. I want you to take those brochures, and I'm not asking you to make a snap decision. And by the way, we don't do bait and switch here. We don't do that here. 
We're not going to try to trick you into doing something, amen. We're not going to try to guilt you into doing something. But guess what? I'm also never going to shy away from my obligation as pastor to challenge every single one of you to be doing something that will advance the name of Jesus and build the kingdom of God. You might say, well, man, I'm doing such and such out out in the community. That's great. I'm just going to ask you again, what are you doing that builds up the name of Jesus? What are you doing that edifies the name of Jesus? Well, man, I've only got but so much time in my day. Yep, you, me, and everybody else. But what are you doing to build up the name of Jesus? To serve the body of Christ. So I want to ask you to pray about it. If you're not involved in anything, I want to encourage you. If you're not yet a member, I want to encourage you to take the growth track. Find out what being a member is all about here at Life Church. If you're already a member and you're still not doing anything, I want to encourage you. Press through whatever it is that's stopping you. Can I just be your pastor for a minute? Get rid of the excuses. Well, in my last church I got hurt. You're not at your last church anymore. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> I have people, I, 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 I've had people offend me or, or, or harm me. You know what? We all have. Amen. There's something called forgiveness and grace that we got to extend and work through. We can't hold God's kingdom hostage because some of God's people are knuckleheads. Amen. Come on, just keeping it real, right? Amen. You want to talk about church hurt? I can tell you about some church hurt. I got the scars and the t-shirt to prove it. But you know what? You can't just focus on those things. If you want to talk about church hurt, let me tell you a little bit about church help. Because you can also get help in the body to heal and to move forward. See, it's really all in what we focus on. It's all in what we focus on. It's really, do we really believe that forgiveness is real or not? Do we really believe that people deserve a fresh start or not? You see, sometimes the people that have hurt us, we're forgetting that they need an opportunity to start fresh too. We can't hold them hostage forever. Sometimes people, I don't know why I'm saying all this. I just, the Lord's, for some reason, somebody in this crowd needs to hear it or somebody who's watching online needs to hear it. Let them go. Yes, they were dingbats. Yes, they were knuckleheads. Maybe they were evil. Forgive them. Walk in the grace of God. Ask the Lord to help you because your purpose is being sabotaged by someone else's mistake. Don't let it happen. Amen. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. You might say, well, man, it's been years since I've worked in children's ministry. It's been years since I stood at the door and greeted anybody. It's been years since I played in this. Some of you are skilled musicians and it's been years since you've been on a platform at a church. And some of you are really good but you just don't want to come to practice. <laughs> Man, the body of Christ needs you. We need you. Amen. One day, hear me, I'm saying it for the first time ever publicly. I don't know when it's going to be. One day when we start a Saturday night service, we're going to need a whole new band and praise team for Saturday night. You heard it? Hey, devil, guess what? Yeah, we're going to do it. Amen. We're going to need to do it, and we're going to do it. Amen. But guess what? We can't do it. 
without the members of the body, the fingers and the toes and the eyes and the ears that need to find their place to serve. So here's what we're going to do. They're going to begin to sing, and I'm going to open this altar. Here's what I want you to do. If you are serving, I'm just going to ask you to step out and walk forward and say, God, I commit myself again and again and again. Because let me tell you, if you don't, you're going to get burned out on what you're doing. You're going to get aggravated. You're going to get tired. You're just going to get weary. God, I commit myself again. Others of you, right now, you've been holding out for whatever reason. You know what? Let's be big boys and girls and say, you know what? I'm not going to let my excuses hold me back any longer. I'm going to find a place to serve in the body. Others of you, you're still on the fence. That's all right. You don't have to make this commitment today. But I'm asking you to pray about it and then act upon it. And say, Lord, I'm ready to commit myself in a deeper way. And then after we're done praying, wait, make your way back to the back corner. There's tables back there. Or call us this week. We'll give you information. We want everybody to find their place to serve in the body. So as the praise team begins to sing, I want to invite you to join me at this altar. And let's pray and let's worship and let's consecrate ourselves again. Charlotte, would you leave us? Eternal King, you will reign forever, and we will sing the glory of your name. Be lifted high for all the world to see, your name is all we need, your name is all we need.
now in the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Yes, God, we love you. We praise you. We praise you, God. I want to say one more thing before we close that I feel like the Lord just placed in my heart. Some of you feel like you're not worthy to serve. Maybe you've made mistakes. Maybe you messed up. Maybe you feel like you've got too much junk going on in your life. Here's what I want you to know. If being perfect was the qualification, we would have to evacuate this platform right now. I would have to take this headset off, get my tool belt back out from my construction days, and never step in this pulpit again. See, because perfection is not the qualification. A willing heart that loves Jesus. Look at David. David was a man after God's own heart. Do you want me to read you his list of accomplishments, or would you like to hear his list of failures? Because they're both pretty amazing. <laughs> they're both amazing. So I just want to encourage somebody right now today. God's not asking for perfection. He's asking for humility. He's asking for a repentant heart. Now, now I want to say this too. If you're just living like the devil and you don't care and you ain't trying and you don't have a desire for righteousness in your life, then maybe you do need to wait until you're ready. Come on, because we don't need to be offered strange fire either. Amen? Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help somebody. But if your heart is right toward God, then you just pick yourself up and say, you know what? It's time for me to start again. It's time for me to start again. Some of you, you've been on the sideline for years because some coach told you you weren't qualified to play. The devil is a liar. It's time to get off the sideline and get in the game and be all God has called you to be. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I'm thankful for this body of believers. I'm thankful for those who are watching this message online. I'm thankful, God, for the kingdom and the opportunity that you've given us for such a time as this. God, I am in this generation, not by accident, but because, God, you placed me here. I was born for this day. I was born for this hour. And, God, I want you to help me to do my part in your kingdom. Because, God, I know if I make my contribution and everybody makes their contribution, we can change this world. We can change this world. Help us, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless every one of you. Before you go, let me remind you, Wednesday night is the first Wednesday of the month, the first Wednesday of June. We have first Wednesday prayer from 7 to 8. But I want to appeal to every man in this room, please be here Friday night for men's conference. If you haven't registered, you can still do it, or you can register Friday night. Be here for men's conference Friday and Saturday. And then we're going to have a great day next Sunday. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful Memorial Day. In Jesus' name, amen.